In this episode of the Fit for Golf podcast, I am joined by Paul Brumley. Paul is a 76-year-old golf fanatic who has turned his golf, fitness and health around in the last two and a half years. He has lost 67 pounds, overcome serious injuries and has improved his handicap from 16 to 9. His story is inspiring and one I felt compelled to share. Just before we get started, a quick reminder that Fit for Golf has its own app. It is currently being used by over 3,000 golfers around the world, ranging all the way from PGA Tour winners to high handicaps to juniors just getting started and seniors trying to combat father time. There are programs for everyone that can be followed from home or in the gym, and you can get a one-month trial for just $6 by going to www fitforgolf.blog forward slash app selecting monthly and entering the code FFG trial. You will not find it in the app store. You must go to the website. Now to the episode with Mr. Paul Bromley. Paul, thank you very much for joining me. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. And thank you very much, Mike. I really appreciate uh, you and your programs. I'm more than happy to be on your podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. I think your story is quite an inspirational one, and I'd like to share it with as many people as possible. Anybody who's listened to previous episodes, I generally try and get kind of expert coaches in different parts of the the golf world related to um, to some element of performance. But I thought it might be interesting to get somebody who's more uh, a regular person, basically, that's trying to uh, to keep up with to keep up well regular in one sense, but but maybe a little bit uh, a little bit unique in other senses, based on kind of how you've turned around your health and fitness and the approach you've taken in the last few years. Could you please introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background into your golf, exercise, and health, please, Paul? Sure, uh, I have basically lived all my life in Indiana. I live in a rural county of about 25,000 people, which is not even a small city in lots of different places. Uh, I went to high school here. I went to Ball State University in Muncie, Indiana, graduating in 1967 with a teaching degree in what is called industrial arts. That's uh, shop training, working with tools and processes. And I was a classroom teacher for 29 years and a technology administrator for my school district for the final 12 years of my my career. And during that time, uh, in a small school, you wear many hats. I also coached football, basketball, and some golf over the course of 70 separate seasons. Fantastic. And when did your golf get started? Well, uh, when I got out of college, you know, I – I'd always played baseball, and I finally realized I'm not going to be a pro baseball player. So I started looking for an activity that I could do. And an older teacher and I went out every Sunday morning before church and uh, played nine holes before church. And that's how I got started. Sort of mushroom from there. I really didn't mushroom into more of the avid uh, part until probably a little bit into my 40s. And since since uh, I've been 41, 42 years old, I've played as often as I could. 
That's fantastic. How was your physical training at that time, kind of when you finished college and up until you were, say, in your 40s and, and maybe closer until when you contacted me just a couple of years ago? Well, I have to say it was haphazard at best, you know, uh, married, three children, uh, coaching every sports season, teaching. It was very, very busy. So, and uh, I think the the technology and the science involved in uh, exercise programs was pretty weak back then. And uh, basically, our weight room consisted of a couple of barbells, a few dumbbells, and that's what was about it. And that, things have grown much, much since then, and I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. Okay, so kind of the the classic case of getting busy with sort of family, kids, work, and fitness and nutrition taking a little bit of a backseat and eventually catching up on you? Oh, that's definite. That's definite. I I, <laughs> I know we can all look back and wish, but uh, that, that's the way it was back then. Yeah, well, I, I think I think it's it's still quite similar now, to be honest. I, I don't think those um, those priorities or commitments have changed too much, and it's probably even a little bit easier to do less activity and access kind of a cheap, low-quality food now that's full of calories. So I think it's actually maybe even getting a little bit worse, if anything. But let's fast forward a little bit, Paul. So you were talking about kind of up until your your 40s and um, in your in your recent um information that you gave us there you're now in your mid-70s can you um let us know what prompted your decision to start taking your physical training more seriously which was basically just over two and a half years ago yeah i retired from coaching in 2005 and public education in 2007 and soon started picking up weight due to uh i guess not much more activity than walking the golf course during golf season uh in 2011, I had a hip replacement, and I picked up even more weight after that hip replacement. In 2013, my wife and I were involved in a car crash where a driver had fallen asleep at the wheel and rear-ended us while going about 60 miles per hour. I had six cracked vertebrae and a torn rotator cuff at that time. And again, I gained more weight. I guess in late 2018, finally, I was at my worst physically. My golf game had deteriorated a tremendous amount to the point where breaking even 90 was becoming difficult for me at that time. Uh, I didn't feel good. My blood pressure was was up. I had a couple incidents where uh, I went to the emergency room because my blood pressure topped 190 on the numbers. So I decided... The old axiom, if it's to be, it's up to me. So I need to get off my butt and do something about it. Fantastic. You've made quite a transformation in the last two and a half years. I know you've logged close to 600 workouts on the Fit for Golf app, not to mention some additional things that you haven't been logging. Um, can you tell us kind of what your starting point was in terms of maybe where your body weight was, where your golf game had kind of drifted up to based on where you were before the physical deterioration and well, what's I'm happened all, since. I'm only five foot eight and I weighed all close to 250 pounds. And uh, I have three children, seven grandchildren, four great grandchildren. And I have a desire to kiss 
or to smack my great great grandchildren's butt. So that was <laughs> that was a motivation as well. Besides that, uh, I was very very unhappy with the status of my golf game. So I started looking for a some type of a program that would benefit me physically and couple itself with golf as well. And by chance, I came across Fit for Golf on the internet. And I will admit, the thing that was attractive to me at the start was the fact that I thought it was very affordable. So I thought, give it a shot. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful that you um, that you took a chance and started. A lot of people, um, especially kind of in, in your demographic, are a little bit uh, conservative or worried about starting physical training. They're worried, you know, that it might be too hard or maybe that they're kind of gone past the point of where they can make improvement. Can you maybe dig into how you approached starting out with your exercise or maybe you know, how difficult it was or did it take some perseverance if you'd had any setbacks and maybe sort of what you learned when you when you did start looking after your training a little bit more seriously and also maybe how that coincided with some changes in your in your nutrition and diet. Well, I decided I was going to start slowly and try to progress slowly. I, did, I think going too fast too soon could have a negative benefit for me, and I wanted to be in it for the long run, not just a short-term gain. So that's why it's taken me two and a half years to get to the point where, at this point in time, I weighed myself on my Renfo scale this morning. I weighed 183. Wow, so nearly 67-pound weight loss. Yeah, and uh, my goal has been 180. And I know if you you look at the height weight charts, that's a little bit too high for me and my height. But uh, I'm not a big fan of the height weight charts anyway, because I think everybody is a little bit unique. Well, yeah, you you have a number of years of strength training under your belt now too, which means that you'll have gained definitely a few pounds, maybe five to ten plus pounds of muscle mass which kind of um, makes a little bit of a difference there as well. Those those charts are are more geared at, you know, taking a snapshot of a large population and having a rough idea there. They're not so good for individual um, individual circumstances, basically. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic, though. So a 67-pound weight loss in just over, just over, well, two and a half years, how has that impacted maybe, you know, your health markers that you were having some some trouble with and needing you know, medication or doctor's visits and things like that. Yeah, I uh, I track my weight and my blood pressure three times a week now on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And it's always been on a downward trend over the period of a year and a half. And it's pretty much leveled out over the last year. A typical blood pressure reading for me will be between 120 and 125 on the top number between 60 and 70 on the bottom number with a pulse of about around 58, which is very, very good. I've been able to cut my blood pressure medicine down somewhat during this time. I still take blood pressure medicine, but I'm not, don't take it as much. Fantastic. And what about um, the recovery from injuries or, or from surgeries? For example, you had a full hip replacement, you had the car accident where you damaged some vertebrae and tore a rotator cuff. 
how has function in those areas changed since you started your, your taking your physical training seriously? Well, I was concerned how my hip would react and how my spine were, would react when I started this program. And uh, I'm, I'm still a little bit cautious when I do any, anything that involves jumping mm-hmm. uh, with my hip, but I still do that. But I do, I use some of the assists that you have provided your alternatives you have provided in the, your the modifications yeah. yeah so so i can actually give myself a little i still do the jumping i just i, I just can't dunk the basketball anymore yeah <laughs> i i can't do that I, I can't do that either if it's any well, consolation I, I, could, I could either i can touch the rim one time but i can't <laughs> i, I could never dunk it um, um Plus and, 60, sorry, keep going. Yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, I was concerned with my spine, and what I have found, the more I lifted, the better my spine felt, the better my back felt. So the, the concept of, okay, I hurt my spine. I, I, I may have problems lifting weights. I, I think that's balderdash now if it's from personal experience simply because I believe I have strengthened it and I've strengthened the areas around the spine and the lower back. And uh, it's made a world of difference on how, how it feels. Yeah, you sent me a video recently of um, a set of hex bar deadlifts that you did with, I think it was 215 pounds for maybe five or six reps. Yes, that was true. And I've, I've uh, since then I've done 230. My goal for the for end of this year is to get 250. That's fantastic. So, and yeah. I think what's maybe even more important for people to kind of comprehend there is is not just that number of, of 215 or 250, but where did you start and how did you stepwise the progression to, to where you are today? Because I'm sure you didn't uh, put 215 on the bar on, on training session one, or even maybe you didn't even use a hex bar. Maybe you used something else. No, I, uh, I, for a while I used a Smith machine and I did a lot of, uh, hip hinges with the Smith machines. It's a, it's a much easier to set up and, uh, and do. And I got m- much of the same benefit from it. Or at least I think so. So, yep. but when I finally started using a hex bar, I started around 120 to 130 because I had no idea what the starting point should be. Yeah. And I sort of experimented from there. And until I found a uh, weight that was a little more difficult to put up uh, six or seven times. And then that was uh, where I, I worked for a month or so that I gradually put uh, either two and a half or five pound plates on just to gradually work up from there. Yeah, I think that's such an important point for people who are listening and maybe considering starting weight training is that basically starting at something that almost feels like it's a little bit too easy through trial and error. And then you mentioned how your incremental improvements were only two and a half pounds per side of the bar whenever you felt like you could, a five pound increase. And it's taken you basically two and a half or two years or so to go from 120 to say 230. And when people hear a hundred, a hundred pound increase, they think crazy. But when you break that down by, you know, it's basically been over a hundred weeks. It, it works out at, you know, yeah. basically a, a, a pound a week as such is, is, uh, is how the gains incrementally add up there. Um, 67 pounds, Paul, doesn't um, vanish from somebody's frame just from starting to do some additional exercise. 
I'm sure there must have been some dietary intervention uh, during this time frame too. There was somewhat, and I will confess, I'm a foodaholic. Uh, <laughs> if it tastes good, sometimes mass quantities are desired. And uh, uh, if there's any part of my training routine that I've sort of been, what are going to say, poor at, it has been diet. Okay. And that's why it's taken the two and a half years to get to this point. But I used uh, the MyFitnessPal app to uh, track calories. My goal was 1,800 calories per day. And what I liked about that particular app is it allows you to sort of, quote, cheat by taking off calories from your exercise routines to get you down to whatever your goal might be. And there's been plenty of days where I've gone over that goal, but there's also been plenty of days where I've either met that goal or been under it. So it's, again, I my feeling is I was in it for the long run. I didn't want to lose too much weight too fast because I've seen pe- people uh, rebound from that and, and actually go the wrong way. Yeah, but I think it's common for people when they get a surge of enthusiasm to start training and taking their nutrition a little bit more seriously. They change everything at once when they start. And within the course of a few weeks, they kind of basically lose interest in it. It feels like it's too much effort. They get frustrated. Maybe they actually pick up some aches and pains because they started with too much too soon. And then they they push it all aside and kind of go back to their old habits. So you used my fitness pal to track your calories, which I kind of recommend everybody to do at least in the short term, because it's amazing what you can learn about the foods that you regularly eat. And a lot of us do eat the same meals pretty regularly. And once you save them in the app, you know, you don't have to go to the trouble of weighing them out again. And you get really cognizant of how many calories are actually in different types of foods and different portion sizes of different foods. But as a po- or, um, as well as just measuring the calories, did you also have an adjustment to the types of foods that you were eating? Was there things that you cut down on and things that you maybe ate more of to, to help you also? Well, uh, I, I, for breakfast, I have eggs almost almost every day, a good source of protein. And one of the things I make is a scramble, two eggs, uh, a quarter cup of cottage cheese, uh, some pieces of ham, some pieces of cheese, even though cheese has a higher fat content. And I... I usually get around 30 to 35 grams of protein in the morning. And I think that's very important to have that protein boost, especially in the morning. Yeah, fantastic. That's uh, that's definitely common advice that I think more people would benefit from if they heated if they heated it. Is there anything you cut out a little bit more? Like, was there junk food that you were you were kind of a stickler for or alcohol or anything like well, that? Well, I've always been a big pop drinker, so whatever. Some people call it soda. Some people call it pop. And I really cut back on the the carbonated beverages. That's what I did uh, quite a bit. Uh, maybe I'd have one maybe once a week or twice a week at the most. And before, I'd be drinking two and three a day. Yeah, okay, that can definitely be a big impact. There's there's a pretty convincing research that shows how liquid calories are quite different to uh, solid food calories in terms of the fullness effect that they give us, which which isn't kind of hard to understand. We we take in mass calories through liquid and it doesn't really fill us up. They're usually delicious, so we we crave more of them. Um 
it's not just your fitness and health that have improved, so is your golf game. Can you tell us about, first of all, the approach to improvement that you have taken, for example, um, who you've sourced out for coaching, um, who you've learned from, and also just maybe tell us about how your golf game has changed, both in terms of your aches and pains from your you know, old injuries, your scores, and also maybe just even your, your swing and your, your distance capabilities. Well, when I was in my 30s and 40s, I played to a four. Okay. And then, like I said, my game deteriorated over the years simply because of inactivity, uh, weight, so forth and so on. And you've, you've heard it said it takes a, a, a village to raise an idiot like me. So I, I relied on a lot of different people. I th- to me, I, it took a village. And there's a lot of people I want to... Uh, to mention, first of all, one of the best decisions I've ever made for my health is picking your programs. They're easy to follow. You have videos for each exercise. You give alternatives for each exercise about different ways they can be done based on your capabilities. And they go from the basic 101 all the way up to what I call advanced training uh, that everybody can take advantage of. Now, in terms of physical training, I have a huge advantage because I live about a mile and a half away from our local YMCA that has a very well-equipped weight room, dumbbells, barbells, Smith machine, hex bar, squat rack, cable machines, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I, I pay a yearly fee for that privilege, and it's unlimited trips to the weight room there. So fit for golf, physically for golf, is one of the, is the best thing I've ever done in my life for, for my golf game. So I credit you and your programs for that. Every time I've tried to uh, talk to you via email, you have been very good at responding to me, and uh, I have found all your information is spot on. So, uh, yeah, thank, thanks a lot, Paul. I, I appreciate that. Thank you for uh, for being so loyal, and, and I'm glad that it's helped. You've had um, a lot of help on the actual golf instruction side too, isn't that correct? Yeah, I w- would like to just to mention one more thing. Uh, I've just made it a habit to work out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at the Y. And then on Tuesday and Thursday mornings, I do my mobility and speed routines. And I have just committed myself to doing that. Uh, There's not very many of those days I've missed and days I've had to miss. I've always adjusted. For example, if I miss a Monday session because of something else, I do that routine on Tuesday. I just make sure I don't skip a routine. I may move it around on my schedule, but uh, you've got to commit yourself to doing it on a regular basis, uh, or you might as well, uh, it might take you six years to get to this point. Yeah. Uh, In terms of the actual golf swing itself, I would be remiss if I did not mention my local golf pros. Uh, I live in a condo now with my long-suffering wife of 58 years. Uh, 
at the end of the driving range at Winchester Golf Club. And, and the PGA Pro owners, they're both PGA Pros, and the other owners of the golf course have been very generous with uh, me using their facilities. I still do, I do some part-time things for them. And in return, I get my golf and uh, driving range privileges taken care of. So that's another bonus. But uh, both Mark Todd and Eric Michaels, who are the PGA proners of Winchester Golf Club in Winchester, Indiana, have worked with me on my basic swing structure, especially my swing plane. I had a very flat swing. And uh, they, they help me get it more towards where it needs to be. In terms of online coaching, I give a lot of credit to Adam Young. I have uh, been a subscriber to Adam's strike plan, to his accuracy plan. And I just finished an eight-week course with him that uh, emphasized the strike and accuracy plans. and gave us a model to use to practice and identify, uh, actually self-identify your needs uh, with the golf swing. He introduced me to the big three, which is ground contact, strike location on the club face, and uh, face direction as being the three most important of the seven variables of the golf swing, and then giving me structure to work on those three things. And my ball striking as a result has improved tremendously. I'm much more consistent. Fantastic. So, uh, so how, how has this all come together, Paul, in terms of your, so you, you mentioned that you played to a four in your thirties and forties. Mm-hmm. You drifted back up to struggling to breaking 90, which would be, you know, probably like about a 15 or 16 handicap or so. Um, How have things changed since you kind of embarked on this project to with this holistic approach, looking after your physical training, your nutrition, your swing instruction and and committing yourself to this plan? How have things trended since you did that? Well, uh, over the past two years, I have uh, it's gradually gone down and uh my latest uh, handicaps, uh, my golf club has four sets of tees, blue, white, gold, red, with blue being the tips of about 6,500 yards. My handicap from the tip to 6,500 is nine. Wow. The white is six. The gold tee is three. And depending on what comp- – we have 27 holes here, so there's three 18-hole combinations. And my red tee, our forward tee handicap, will vary from zero to plus one. The red tees, oh, that's are, amazing. The red tees are 4,900 yards. The blue tees are 6,500. So we have quite a range there to choose from. So you've basically, in the last two and a half years, gone from a, a roughly a 16 handicap struggling to break 90 to a nine handicap on those blue tees in your golf course, 6,500 yards at 76 years of age. Well, I, I don't play the blue tees that often, so I have to admit that. So, I I, I will play to the six for the white and the three for the for the senior tees, which are the gold tees. Maybe even better, but you're you're basically on a on a nine handicap or lower um, index, depending on the length of the tees, which I think is is remarkably impressive. So you're you're breaking eighty very consistently then when you play off the 
the white tees and, and definitely the gold tees. Yeah. Well, I know I still have a lot of work to do, both physically and with the golf swing itself. Uh, I'm still looking forward to it as a journey, not a destination. And uh, I still have slip-ups every once in a while where I'll have a, an outlier, but I, those are becoming fewer fewer and farther between. Yeah, it sounds like you've done a, a pretty impressive job over the last couple of years, though, and that's why I wanted to share your story with as many people as possible. I've really enjoyed the, the information you've shared with us, Paul, and I, I think it might resonate with a lot of people. A common, a common theme that I try to share with people on social media, largely from getting to work with people like you, either online or in person, is that age is a, a very poor excuse for being in, in bad physical condition or for significantly deteriorating. Do you have a message for people who may be thinking that they are too old to make improvements? That's most definitely. If you make excuses because you can't improve your strength and endurance simply because your age, that is stinking thinking. <laughs> I was guilty of it and found I was wrong. Don't give up. Get off your butt and do something. Uh, we all have limited time on this earth. How do you want to spend your golden years, folks? You want to sit in a chair and watch your kids, grandkids have fun while you just sit, or do you want to get out there and participate with them? Uh, I'm telling you that weight training not only makes you stronger, but actually reduces your everyday aches and pains. I'm amazed uh, that how, how good I feel my Everyday aches and pains that some of my contemporaries who are approximately the same age complain about, it, it just amazes me that, the, that I feel so good. Your programs are so good to fit all ages and fitness levels. Hey, folks, go back to what I said to start with. Get off your butt. Paul, thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, take, you taking the time to share your story with us. I really appreciate all the kind words. Uh, that that wasn't the goal of this of this podcast. It was uh, no. it was definitely more so for the message being spread. We might have to um, check back in with you in a year's time. Get you back on for another episode, and you can let us know how um, how your training and golf is going. Well, you're entirely welcome, Mike. And like I say, I sincerely thank you and all the others who have helped me on this journey over the past two and a half years. Paul, thanks a lot, and I will talk to you soon. God bless.